This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mmm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. to a super special Stacey West blog. Apologies for not having the official theme tune, but I don't have it on um, StreamYard of both myself uh, and my co-presenter, Jake. Um, I've, I've kind of dropped into this straight after work, uh, so literally finished and, and straight into work. Jake's having sheep problems. Yeah, no, we, we've adopted a couple of lambs from one of my dad's customers, and they're now big enough to get out of the... Uh the pen that they're, ho- they're housed in and uh, one of them in particular called Donna uh, after the kebab is causing me a couple of problems by jumping out. So at any point I do rush off, it's purely because because I have a sheep on the loose. You don't get that on any other football podcast. Um, <laughs> Jake has a sheep on the loose. Look, we're not here to talk about uh, Jake's sheep, Donna, which I will pick up on in another podcast later on. We're here to talk about the appointment of Mark Kennedy as Lincoln City's head coach. Uh, just a bit of background before we get into the discussion. Uh, Mark joins us on a four-year deal. He's come on, uh, come here from uh, a stint at Birmingham City, where he is assistant to Lee Bowyer. Uh, in the past, he has worked um, as a coach at Ipswich Town, at Manchester City, at Wolves. He's worked with a lot of notable names, Paul Jewell, uh, Mick McCarthy. He's worked with Rob Edwards, obviously, at Manchester City. He was on the same coaching staff as Lee Carsley, who's England under-21 manager. Um, as a player, he, he was very well known, certainly to people my age, not Jake's age, he's a baby, uh, but he was the most expensive teenager in Britain at one point when he left Millwall on from under Mick McCarthy to go to Liverpool and, and Premier League promotion with Wolves around 2003 or four as well. So a bit of playing pedigree, certainly got coaching pedigree, which I feel is more respected in football circles, perhaps, than it is by fans. 
Um, but finally, an appointment has been made, Jake. Yeah, and look, it's not really been that long since Michael left the football club, really, is it? It's, it's less than two weeks. And I think in the time that that's since since Michael's left, there's been maybe five favourites for the bookies to take over the, take over the job. Um, but it, it's good to you know to get it announced before pre-season and the fact that we've got you know what is it 11 weeks between now and the start of the season to to really you know give Kennedy a time to get his feet under the carpet and 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 speak to the staff the players and and hopefully um start building something and start settling in and and hopefully we can um you know kick on next season it might be another season of you know, a progression which I'm sure a lot of fans will be happy with but um, it's good that we've finally got a man in post and uh, and looking forward to the start of the season. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, I think having a man in place was hugely important, certainly kind of before the playoff final last summer. Obviously, I think we suffered from, from being in the playoffs quite late on and then not being able to plan whether we were in League One or whether we were in the Championship. Um, and I think by Mark coming in, it is only the 12th of May. And usually by this point, we'd only be talking about playoff semi-finals. So for those who have worried that it's a late appointment, I don't think it is. I think there's the perception of it being a late appointment because we finished in April, because Michael went straight after the game. It was almost like season finished, Michael gone, and then it felt like there was a rush and there isn't. The season does start early, albeit about a week early, so I don't think that's a major consideration as well. What were your first um, What were your first thoughts uh, when, when you saw, first of all, that he was uh, he was connected with the club and obviously um, appointed? Yeah, well, I, I won't lie, Gary, I was one of those that, you know, given the fact that Stephen Bradley had, had just turned us down, allegedly, allegedly um, uh, uh, I, you know, to, for this name to come out of nowhere, it sort of seemed that something might, you know, the bookies might have known something. Um, I, I've got friends who, who work in the in the Birmingham media department, uh, and they are in, instantly. Weird. Are we back? Yeah, um, a, a vocal voice on the training ground. Um, and so I did a bit of research and then obviously the, the club had made the appointment today. It, it seemed that, you know, 24 hours, 48 hours ago, it was going to be Michael Carrick. But all of a sudden it's come back into the Mark Kennedy territory. And um, watching the video, um, I'm, I'm quite impressed with what he's had to say. I, I know it's probably a lot, a lot of PR stuff that, that most managers say when they, they walk into jobs. But... You know, it, it looks an interesting appointment, and like you said, the coaching pedigree that he's got. Um, hopefully, that that, that can can kickstart, and and we can have another successful sort of era in in the club's recent history. Yeah, Joe, I'm actually with you that when I first saw Mark Kennedy's name, and I did a really um, kind of light research on him, I didn't dig into it at all. I thought, you know, this could be the beginning of the end for. The, the positive era because I, I still feel that we're in it what started in 2016-17 I still feel we're on that ride um, last season it was consolidation but the year before we were playoffs so you know we're aspiring now to climb up the league on table and eventually progress does slow um, so I don't know if it's Jake we're losing or if it's me we're losing um, but if people can comment if it's Jake or me I don't know who's in, whose connection is, is, is what is dropping out um so i wasn't particularly um excited when i saw his name i don't know which player which people i would get excited about joining um jake's gone unfortunately so it's just me at the moment um but i think since i've dug and since i've looked into it and since i understand kind of um a little bit more about mark kennedy he does fit the profile and, and at the end of the day you know 
anybody's um, anybody's kind of profile will either fit or won't fit. And we won't know that until results come in. You know, Ian Foster or somebody like that could have been a massive fit. Michael Carrick could be. It's easy to say this is a bad appointment or a good appointment. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, tough football, that, that was something we didn't have for periods last season. And what I'm hoping is um, that he'll work within the framework of the club. I think he said his football is aligned with what the club wants to play. We still want to play football on the floor. We still want to be attacking teams. Um, but I, the difference or the proof will be in how he reacts during games, when we have to deviate from a certain plan, when we have to break teams down, when we have to adjust to being a man down or being a man up and having to kind of go and kill off games. They're the moments that you see what a coach is all about, not whether he lines up 4-4-1 or 4-1-4-1 or whatever every single game. That's interesting, but the real proof is in how he reacts, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think you're right. And probably a, a lot of supporters were quite critical of the way that Appleton didn't, you know, didn't make subs until quite late on in games. And and effectively, a lot of people thought that he had no plan B, which 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 was fair enough, I suppose. Obviously, the the changing to the three at the back against Wednesday sort of suggested otherwise. But we're not here to get into an argument with, with Appleton in and Appleton outers. Um, it like you say, um, it, it's the manager wins his money when things aren't going so well, and you have to change it and find a solution. That's what a manager of any out organisation outside of football is paid to do. And you know, ultimately, you know, that'll be his job at the football club. Um, you know, you know, you look at even the top managers in the world, Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp. They they have select styles of football that are aggressive and, and attacking. But when you know, especially when I watched the Real Madrid game at, at, at the Etihad a couple of weeks ago, you know, Pep had to install another different brand of play because he realised that his brand wasn't working. And ultimately, um, they went sort of counter attacking and managed to win the game. And Pep was rightly applauded for that. And and you know, it's those sort of moments, like you say, where where if we're perhaps not winning against a team down the bottom of the league, um, what is Kennedy going to do to, to change that and put it in our favour? So, no, in, interested to see if he can uh, bring this new attack in a style of football because um, we obviously we, we weren't known for scoring goals last season, but um, still um, excited to see what, what he can do and, and if he's you know tactically switched on and, and if he can make those changes quicker and see if we can have more time to impact the game. Yeah, I think this is interesting from Luke Kempson and, and I, we can't go through all your comments, but we'll certainly pick up some. And Luke says the board must have been very impressed with the four-year deal. And for me, that, that kind of focuses on two really important points at the same time. First of all, the board must have been impressed. That was something I tried to get across in my um, in my video earlier today, in that people have held up, and I, I don't want to mention his name too many times because, as I understand it, he was never actually in for the job. But people have gone, Michael Carrick, he's this, he's Manchester United, he's, he's had these players underneath him, what a great appointment he'd be. Mark Kennedy, uh, he took Macclesfield out of the Football League. Ooh, look at the, com you know, the comparisons are miles away. They can't be miles away because otherwise he wouldn't have got in front of the board. He wouldn't have been given the opportunity to impress the board. And also, this isn't a board that are easily impressed. I know, you know, we've, we've all met Clive. He's a very engaging man. You know, he's, he, he knows his stuff, not just football. He knows business. He knows people. He reads people very, very well. There is no way on earth that Clive would take somebody who was seen as um, a lesser option and go, oh, well, we'll go with him because we can't get anybody else. He wouldn't do that. This is a, this is an appointment that has been born out of a long process. I believe that Lincoln City were probably aware of Mark Kennedy well before Michael Appleton walked. 
I mean, I don't know about yourself, but I'd heard rumours of him going by mutual consent in the summer, eight mm. eight weeks before the end of the season. You know, sometime around the Sheffield Wednesday game, I shrugged it off at the time. But if that was the case and those rumours were founded, which it appears to be, then they would know at the club. So this process will have been ongoing. And the fact that interviews were conducted very, very quickly after Michael left suggests to me that we had a shortlist in our mind. My gut feeling with Stephen Bradley is that if there was an interview process and he kind of wasn't successful in that interview process, how would he sell that to Shamrock Rovers when it broke in the Irish press, which it did? He would go back and say, I'm committed to this club. So fair play to him. If that's what's happened, I don't know. The four year deal is the other thing. Right? We're looking for continuity here. What consolidation comes through continuity, it comes through building a squad, it comes through taking young players over the over a journey that's not three weeks, it's not six months, it's a season, it's two seasons, it's three seasons. And you only have to look sometimes, you have to look probably at Kennedy himself when he came through Millwall. It was three or four, I think three seasons potentially at Millwall before he moved on to Liverpool. So it's about continuity. So the four year deal doesn't worry me particularly. I don't think that will be structured in such a way that, that I think the risk to the club is minimalised. Um, but it's certainly, I think, a statement of intent. Yeah, I, I think when Michael signed his new deal, it was a was it a four year deal, Gary? I mean, you might be able to correct me. I feel like it was a, a four year deal that he signed. Not, not sure off the top of my head. Um, but but it, it shows that they've shown a lot of faith in him. Um, that they're, they're happy that that whilst all, all you, know, you have to interview so many candidates, don't you? And and clearly he's the one that impressed Clive and Clive. You know, like you said, we, we've, we've all met Clive and we all know how much of a football and a business man. I, I'm sorry if I'm repeating what you've said, but, you know, you, you trust the board, you trust the people making the decisions at the football club, which, you know, when you speak to, you know, you listen to the D3, D4, the Not The Top 20 podcast, and, you know, they're talking about Lincoln being one of the most well-run football clubs in the division in terms of the personnel, you know, you tend to have to trust the people who are making the decisions. And and ultimately, they've, they've, they've you know, stumbled on Kennedy, you know, like you say, with the rumours of Michael disappearing sort of eight weeks before the start of the season, um, they would have had an idea and they would have drawn up a shortlist. And 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 thankfully, we've, we've managed to get one over the line and, and it looks to be a good appointment, obviously, that the proof will be in the pudding, won't it? Um, but we're now excited to see where um, where Kennedy can take us and if he can, you know, use that four-year four, four year deal as a sort of a... Uh, a block to see where he, you know, he might have us by the end of the four years. I don't think he'll make a promise like Michael did when we did the live pod at, at, at the bank a few years ago. But um, progression would be over the four years to have us sort of towards the top end of League One. I think nobody would be moaning with that, would they? No, absolutely not. John Leonard there just confirming Appleton signed a four-year deal on the 25th mm. of February 2021. Yeah. He confirmed that after Ben said that it was for two years with an extension. So it was two years and then we kind of we moved on with it. So I just also want to address, look, there's, there's some criticism. I get that. Jake, if you've frozen again, by the way, um, I don't know if you're drinking or not. You might have frozen again. Um, there's been some criticism. There's been some backlash. That's going to be... Um, it's kind of par for the course, I think, unfortunately. Um, whenever there's a new manager comes in, there will be people who question that. There will be people who um, kind of wonder whether um, whether we've made the right appointment. And one of the things that I've seen and heard today uh, is the word underwhelming. Um, I'm just really interested and and, and sorry that I am, um, I'm assuming on my own. I'm just interested, and Sam Hart's picked up on it here. He says, lots of negative comments on social media. What are your thoughts? Well, my first thoughts are I don't see lots because I've muted most of the people who are just constantly negative and only kept kind of balanced people up. So um, I don't see as many. Underwhelming is one word that I've mentioned. I'm just really interested to know 
what would be overwhelming? What, what would be acceptable? You know, Mark uh, Kennedy with 10 years coaching behind him is classed as underwhelming. Uh, would, would Ian Foster with no senior manager experience be underwhelming or overwhelming? Shamrock Rovers is an Irish club. Many people were saying overwhelming, uh, underwhelming there because he's only been, been with, with Ireland. So what were we looking for? Were we looking for a Sean Dyche? Were we looking for a, a, a Tony Pulis? Because that was never going to happen. That was never, ever going to fit in the model. So um, that that's one, the, the underwhelming thing. And I'm happy, we're happy to take the comments in here. The other thing that I've heard today, and my apologies, it's, I'm not having a pop at the person who said it to me because I have a sensible conversation with them, but they said it looks like the cheap option. Now, that is not the case at all. First of all, a cheap option does not get a four-year deal. Absolutely no way whatsoever. He was coming to the end of his contract with Birmingham City, as I understand it, and obviously they kind of parted company today. So, yes, there isn't a fee to pay. But would we have gone to Cheltenham or Cambridge and paid a fee to take Mark Bonner or to take Michael Duff when... When what we're actually looking for is our own Mark Bonner, our own Michael Duff. We're looking for somebody that we can go to, like our own Russell Martin or our, our own Neil Critchley that comes in without the experience, seemingly without the experience as a, of a manager, but comes in as able to affect the direction of the football club. So um, I mean, I'm not calling fans out for having an opinion. If you think it's underwhelming, if you think it's a cheap option, you're entitled to that opinion. Um, but I just think that what we've got to do is, is, is back Mark Kennedy. Um, I can see why he's been appointed i trust implicitly in clive and i mean i don't know what what, what do you think people expected um jake the ones that are kind of saying underwhelming um i, I apologize for freezing i don't i don't understand why i'm freezing um so we'll, we'll ignore that um but i think people will look at the stint that he had at macclesfield um purely as his only senior manager role which um Rightly or wrongly, pe people will do when they're looking in. You know, new managers. People will say when we're signing a striker, oh, he only scored four goals in thirty games for so and so, so he's no good. Um, so look, it's interesting. I can understand why people are uninspired. I mean, I, it's not great, but you have to consider the factors that surrounded Macclesfield at the time that he took the job. Um, obviously, they were um, under financial embargo. They had a points deduction. They weren't winning games anytime soon. So. You know, for him, yes, he's lost eight games, but still, uh, you know, even to win a game in, in those circumstances is in League Two, which is quite competitive, is still quite good going. So, um, underwhelming, obviously, the, the lack of first team management will, will, will worry people, but sometimes you've got to give a chance to these people, haven't you, and see if you've got the next big thing, like you say, with Bonner and, uh, and Duff. So, um, I, I can understand why people might think it's uninspiring, but still, um, I, I think you've got to get behind him, like you say, and uh. Hopefully he can sort of take us to a, a level that Michael um, nearly did, but but quite hasn't done uh, as yet. Yeah, exactly. I think when we look there at, at John Leonard's comment, it's a great point. I was overwhelmed when Chris Sutton took the job and that didn't turn out well. Um, and the emphasis is in recent times is to fulfil the head coach role and develop younger players, which usually involves making an appointment who is less well known outside those who work in football. Yeah, I was I was impressed with the appointment of Steve Tilson as well as I was Chris Sutton and look how that worked out. I was impressed with the appointment of Peter Jackson and, and that didn't work well. And there were managers that I was not impressed with and I'll hold my hands up, you know, at the time I was not particularly impressed when we brought a so-called cheap option in Chris Moises in. and actually he started um, kind of rebuilding the club and rebuilding the relationship from the ground up. So it's not always the ones that you think are big names or you think would do well that actually do well. And I think you, know, you only have to look at Chris Moises for, for that to be the 
you know, to, for that to be evident. I mean, he came in working for nothing and everyone was like, oh, well, we've only got him because he's the cheap option. And, and with the greatest of respect, had Liam Hearn not done his bonk at Christmas, this Moises would have had his in or around the playoffs. We were still fighting for those come kind of March time, I think, or, or, or late February, and we kind of tailed away. So I think it's really important. I just want to also pick up um, Sam Hart said, we have a good relationship with some big clubs in higher divisions. Do you think Mark will be able to add to that to bring in young players on permanently or in loan? I like the fact that Sam has picked up there that we have those relationships already. We didn't need to bring somebody in. Like people going, oh, if we get Michael Carrick, we can loan Man United youngsters. We are in a good position to loan Man United youngsters now. We've just had Luis Fiorini for a full season. The year before that, we had Morgan Rogers for half a season. We had TJ Oma from Spurs. We've had Brooke Norton Coffee. We've been borrowing Premier League players. And Dan Lundalu, as bad as, as he may or may not have been in, in people's opinions, he was coveted. Premier League young player who came to us. We signed Teo Eden, we signed Anthony Scully. So that that's already in place. The point I think that I uh, that Sam's kind of driving at as well is, is Mark Kennedy the, a person who is going to be as attractive to the relationships that we already have? My understanding is he has a very good relationship um, or a good reputation within football circles. And, and football circles and fan circles are very, very different. And, and it's the fan circles that say, let's bring in Steve Evans or Tony Pulis. And it's football circles who go, actually, Neil Crixley will be good at Blackpool or, or Liam Manning will do well at MK Dons. Um, so there we go. And finally, sorry, I will bring you back, Jake, in a minute. Um, Charlie says, given the due diligence the board had with their appointments, I think Kennedy needs to be given the benefit of the doubt. He clearly wants the role and surely that's a good thing. Uh, and and that was quite interesting. He spoke about his frustration, didn't he? He can't meet the fans. He can't meet the players. I think actually that's a good thing because he can sit and plan in quietness and then kind of spring spring his personality on people at a later date. Yeah, and I, I, I agree that, you know, sometimes when the manager's coming straight in, it's because the club are, you know, under some sort of turmoil. Often, often managers come in, don't they, when the club are at the low point and, and you know, that's why they want to get straight on the grass. But I think that he's going to have to do a bit of planning given the poor season we had last year. Um, and, you know, yes, it's frustrating that we can't go out straight away and, and welcome him and do whatever, you know, the, 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 the Central Bank crowd likes to do. But... Um, I think it's going to be better for him because by the time we see him in person, we'll have so many players through the door. We'll have a, a sort of, you know, a new, perhaps a, a, new, a, new, a set of new players, like I say, and it, it's going to be interesting. Um, yes, I can understand why he's frustrated and I, th I think we probably all are. Um, but bringing him in at the time that we have, like you say, allows him to get comfortable and, and into the role where, you know, he's he'll get a chance to meet all the backroom staff, all the players, um, potentially give players that we thought had no opportunity under Michael to to, to really show their talent. And no, it, it, it's frustrating, but I, I think it's probably for the best. I don't know what you think, Gaz, but you know the fact that we've not got him in for a while and um, we haven't got to see him in person might might probably actually help him out. Yeah, well, I think um, yeah, my understanding is that he's had some some time around the club. I mean, I, I don't think he's walked in today and he's he, he's brand new. I think he understands. Lincoln City already and the way he speaks certainly suggests that. Really interesting point you picked up on there about players who didn't thrive under Michael who might be given another chance. He managed Theo Archibald at Macclesfield and Archibald earned rave reviews during his time at Macclesfield, hence his move to us. Could be a, a, a route back for him. I mean, um, you know, Michael was certainly a manager who if you fell out of favour, you fell out of favour and never came back. And you only have to look at, at James Jones, I think, for that. Theo Archibald for that. Zach Elbazetti for that. 
Sean Rowan, dare I say, um, kind of was in favour and disappeared completely. And I think what we're going to be hopefully looking for from Mark Kennedy is maybe a little bit more kind of arm around, give you another chance. And and we saw it a little bit with this season with Lars Sorensen and Jamie Robson and Louis Fiorini for a while, kind of went out of the side and came back in. May have been injury related, may not have been. You know, would Jamie Robson have come back in had Cohen Bramwell not got injured at left back? I don't know. So potentially, I think Theo Archibald is one, he's one player who could win um, under Mark Kennedy. I think Sean Rowan is another who could win under Mark Kennedy. I think when he comes back from Ireland, there's every opportunity then for him to kick on. And Ted Bishop, because Ted Bishop came through the um, Ipswich youth setup under Mark Kennedy as, as, as the under-23 manager there. So I think he's somebody Mark's going to know. And I think that's really going to help him settle in as well um, because he, you know, managers need their own generals. And there are one or two people in this changing room that are Michael Appleton's generals. Almost certainly Chris Maguire is, is, is that kind of leader, isn't he? may or may not be Liam Bridcott as well. Mark Kennedy's going to need those people to affect it. You know, and that's simple management anyway. You need your people or some people who you who you at least identify with and who can help you get your ideas across. But I don't think there's going to be an overhaul of ideas. You know, I think uh, somebody, and it may have been Cornell in the comments, had said, you know, what formation do you think we're going to play? I think we'll play very similar formation to last season, whether that's a, a kind of a 4-3-3 or a 4-1-4-1. I, think, I don't think we're going to go three at the back and reinvent the wheel. I don't think that's kind of what, what he did while he was at Macclesfield. And I don't see that being a, you know, a, a massive change of direction either. Yeah, I, I, I would hasten to agree. I think, um, you know, like you said earlier, that, that Kennedy seems, well, from the interviews, to to understand the ethos and the philosophy of the football club already, um, having not been here you know, such a short time. So clearly from the interview process, it, it was clearly laid out that, that that's the style that we want to go down and he must have, you know, or, have accepted that or, or, you know, perhaps brought it up first. But yeah, I think it's interesting that, you know, you, you speak about um, having the generals in. I think the way the modern footballer is now, Gaz, um, they prefer a bit of an arm around the shoulder type of manager, which is why, um, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer probably did had so long in the Man United job is because he was a friend to all the players, um, and you know it, it could be a similar sort of effect. And you know these young players who hate getting criticism sometimes and 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 are, are slightly you know not built the same to those old school players like Maguire and Bricker, it can get the best out of them. Um, so uh, and obviously we've got a young squad and and that and that might help us. But then you speak of Mags and and Bricker who are very clearly Michael Appleton players. Will Kennedy want to win them around, or will he want to bring in his own experienced players that that can do a similar job? Um, it'll be interesting to see where we go down the transfer window. Like you, I don't, I don't think we'll do an overhaul, but um, I can imagine we might be swapping a few experienced players around in terms of bringing some in um, and having his own generals in the dressing room, so that you know he can have his own you know managers on on the pitch like like Bridcut was. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just going through some comments as well. Mark Taylor says, I remember my old dad complaining like hell when Graham Taylor was appointed. Um, and again, that kind of goes into the, the negativity. It was always going to happen. And it was the same when Danny and, Dan and Nick left. You know, replacing somebody that's been successful is not easy. Michael has been successful. He kept us in League One. He took us to the playoff. Um, finally took us to the EFL Trophy semi-final. We were only a missed penalty away from two trips to Wembley season before last. So let's not forget that. He was a successful manager. So it's not, you know, 
he's not quite as successful as Dan and Nick were, but he did have his own success. So it's interesting um, that there is a degree of, uh, of, of negativity. Um, just going through some of the other uh, comments as well. We've got Ben Ward. I don't know who he is. Uh, the way he spoke about <laughs> realising his first team de debut appointment was a step too far. Um, went away to his craft was heartening. It showed that he's learned, learned and grown. The Max situation was an, an outlier for me. Um, yeah, do you know what? I, I liked that as well. And you know, I, I had a look at the video and obviously he decided I'm, I'm a first team coach, but I need to go back and I'll start again as such, but work with different age groups. Um, and uh, I, I found his coaching journey quite interesting. I think those who take the time to look into that and listen to that video will probably see a different side to him. Yeah, um, rather than just branding him as the cheap option and, and, and under, uninspiring. But you know, you, you've got to give a manager a chance. Like, you know, I, I sort of said it before, Liam Manning was unproven before, really, in, in England before he went to M MK Dons. And, uh, and you know, you look at the coaching journey of Kennedy, you know, being at some amazing academies, all his academies very highly rated. He was down at Man City as well. Um, and they don't give jobs to slouches. So um, I think that the, the coaching journey that he's got has probably, you know, helped him land this job. I think he said it, didn't he, that he did these sorts of jobs so that in five, ten years' time, that when a job like Lincoln would come up, a club in League One who have ambitions of going higher but also want to do things slightly different to the mould, it would put them in perfect position and ultimately um, it, it sort of paid off for them. Yeah, and Simon Wilcox kind of echoes that a little bit. It sounds like he could not wait, wait to come to us and you say a club like Lincoln and, you know, 15 years ago you'd say a club like Lincoln and and what you were talking about was a club that was a little bit out of the way that had crowds of 3,000 that never had any money that's what a club like Lincoln used to mean now a club like Lincoln means nice training ground pre-existing structure good relationship with bigger players so actually we have progressed and people say things like we went backward last season we went backward for for times on the field but as a club I feel that we have progressed um, and, and that's obviously, we talk again about football circles, and that's obviously evident here, that in football circles, what's happening at Lincoln, he's being noticed by Mark Kennedy when he's sat at Birmingham City and he's going, you know, um, which clubs would be right to go to, by Manchester City when they're loaning as their younger players, and by, by Arsenal, by teams like that as well. So, And it seems, among, as, he, as Simon says, it seems among the football community, Lincoln have a good reputation and people want to come here. And I think that's the case with players as well. I think it's really I think I think that's interesting. I think that's testament to the fact that, that we are not in a terrible place as a football club. We're at crossroads and uncertainty always breeds a degree of negativity. I think I think that's why we've seen some on, on social media. Um, but I think it was you that used the word exciting for the future. And you know, I'm somewhere between the two. I try not to get too excited because I don't want to go kind of with the greatest respect. I don't want to go all Cornell. And, and being, you know, like, and that's not taking, you know, I love Cornell's enthusiasm, but I don't want to have that kind of, that's it, that's a brilliant appointment because we don't know whether it is or not. At the same time, I'm not going to be negative and say it's a shit appointment because we don't know whether he is or not. You know, the more I find out about Mark Kennedy, I like. The more I listen to him, I like. You know, I like his journey. I like his football ethos. And Julian Buttery messaged me. Uh, he's got contacts in, in Birmingham, relatives there, and they say, what you're getting here is a hard but fair man. And to be fair, that's a little bit like Michael, isn't it? That you're know, direct, he's going to deal with players in the right way. I hope that he leaves the door open for players that fall out of favour. I'd like to see that change. Um, but I think, do you know what? I actually think we're almost looking at more of the same in terms of elements of his personality. 
get the impression from Mark Kennedy there's a little bit more, you know, he said, I want to meet the fans. I find that really interesting because Michael never never had that connection. I, I put less value on it than some, but I think that's one key element that Mark needs to pick up for you. Yeah, massively so. Obviously, you go from, you know, fist pumping Nicky and Danny Cowley to, to Michael, who sits on the touchline and, and sometimes, you know, sometimes only goes to the 18-yard box when you're, when he's clapping the supporters. Sometimes you could tell that it's not really something he wants to do. And perhaps it's, um, you know, maybe it's something that the media have sort of pushed out that the supporters and uh, the manager needs to, you know, sort of acknowledge the supporters and, you know, I, like you, Gary, I'm not particularly fussed about how the manager acts on the touchline. I don't particularly care their personality. I, I think the, the most important thing and the, the job that they're employed to do is to win football matches. So, yes, it was good when Danny and Cali, Danny and, Cal, um, and Nicky were winning matches and doing all that fist bumping and jeering the crowd up. But also, I felt, you know, a win under Danny Cowley when doing that was equally as good as a win when we were winning last season and and Michael was hardly coming over and speaking to us at all. In fact, we weren't even on the ground. It, it felt just as good, didn't it? So, no, but I think that perhaps the the relationship between the management of, of, of old and has slightly been um, sort of disintegrated a little bit and needs a, perhaps a little bit of work. Um, and I think by saying that, he, he's sort of suggesting that he might be that man that, that's a nice middle in between, you know, not particularly doing anything and doing the whole work. So, Look, I'm not asked how he acts. Um, I'm asked how he does on the pitch. Um, but if he could sort of build a relationship with fans, that mean that some of them, some sections of the fan base don't turn on him so quickly. I think um, he might be on for a bit of a winner. Very good. I, th- I agree with you. I've uh, got Kev Barwise. He said he's feeling more and more positive about this appointment. He must have just realised he's a former Man City coach. Um, appears a nice blend of the best bits of Appleton and the Cowleys by the looks of it. Let's all get behind him and wish him well. I think that's the key. You've got to, I keep using the phrase innocent until proven guilty. Do you know what I mean? You, you've got to assume that they're good until they prove you not. And I think in football, there's a tendency to say, you know, you've got to prove yourself to me. Um, and I think by the time we get to, you know, end of August, if he's only picked up like a single win or something and we're in the bottom three or four, pressure's going to ramp and people are going to start going, he wasn't a good appointment. Likewise, win the first three or four games of the season and people will be, yeah, they'll be happy clapping. And that happened season before last. You know, we played crew, didn't we, in the uh, in the cup and we beat them 2-1. It was like, oh, yeah, we might be going somewhere. We went and won at Milton Keynes. We went and won at Blackpool. We beat Oxford at home. We beat Charlton at home. And all of a sudden, now everybody was behind Michael Appleton. There was no Mike, there was no Appleton out when you're winning games. And and as you just said, the pure and simple underlying fact is you win football games, you're popular. Hmm. And for me, Mark Kennedy won't win every football game as Lincoln City manager. So again, as in when games are going against you, you, you see what your manager's made of when he knows how to react or when he can switch things up a little, not permanently, always stick to your ethos. You've got to have a, a pattern, but change things up during the season or during a game rather. It's how he reacts when we're losing. Will he come over and applaud the fans when we've lost 1-0 at home to Cambridge rather than, you know, allowing, just walking, kind of just walking off? And I'm not criticising Michael. I don't want to look like a hypocrite. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you've lost 1-0 in a game that you were narrowly um, kind of, you, you could have won, and we should have beat Cambridge that day, we should have beat Doncaster. The least angry fans want is for a manager who will then come over and clap. It's easy to do it when you're winning games. It's so easy to do it when you're winning games and everyone buys into it, but it's dead easy. It's how you react in the tougher moments. And that's what I want to see from Mark Kennedy. 
that's what I want to see from um, you know, in terms of animated on the touchline. I don't care when we're winning if he jumps up and down. I've seen some photos of him at Birmingham. He looks like he's an animated figure. That'll keep some people happy. I don't care how he does it. If he gets points, when he's not getting points, it's how he keeps people on side. Yeah, and, and League One, Gaz, is setting up to be quite competitive again next year, probably as competitive as it was this year. So he's not going to win every game purely because we're not going to have the resources and the, and the players to compete with some of the teams. And that, that ultimately is where we're at at a football club. Um, but if he can do that, like you say, he's going to keep some sort of portions of fans um, happy. And, you know, I, I think I think the fans of this club just want to see progression more than anything and, and, a, and a real unity with their football team, which most places want, don't they? And if he can provide that, I, 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 I think he'll be on, like I say, I think he'll be on to a bit of a winner. I think that's a great idea. Richard Cross, I think he needs to do a Klinsman dive in front of the co-op after every single win. Uh, do you know what? I think I'd renew two season tickets if he did that. I want to know what he'd do after every single defeat. Will he do a Smodich dive after every defeat? Because oh. that's a little bit you know, a little bit worse, isn't it? So, um, so I don't know if anybody has any other comments or, or Jake, if you have anything else to add at the moment. No, I'm, I'm good, guys. I'm glad that I've just been here for 10 minutes and my phone's not gone off. Um, without losing connection. So, no, I, I think we've sort of said everything in terms of, you know, it, it's an interesting appointment. And um, I suppose that the, the message would be just wait and see how see how we get on. Well, Gav Hughes wants him to bring Harry Anderson back. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, Gav, Gav is to Harry Anderson what Ben is to Harry Toffolo. Uh, there was another oh, comment yeah. further up that I liked that I just wanted to use as a discussion point. People were talking about assistants. Here we go. Steve Friesen says, interesting, his assistant at Macclesfield was Danny Butterfield, who was born in Boston. Um, the subject of his assistant is almost certain to come up. I haven't seen anything official that David Kerslake has left the club, so I don't know if he has or not. My understanding was that he came to the club to work with Michael, but whether he will be happy to work with Mark Kennedy as well, it may be that we look for a degree of continuity. Um, we don't know the situation with the retained list. There's not many names, I think, on the retained list in terms of being out of contract. And looks people were connecting John Marcus with Charlton, but it came from a journalist account that was started last month and had only tweeted twice, um, and that's made headlines. So. Yeah, I think that tells you everything you need to know. I don't think we'll keep John Marquis. Uh, I don't think there are many players out of contract that we will be offering new deals to personally. Um, if Michael had stayed, I think we would have kept Liam Bridcott. I'm not so sure now, unless the pathway is that Liam Bridcott works under Mark Kennedy. Um, I don't know if there's a relationship there or, or, or what happens. I think it'll be quiet tomorrow. And then I think probably next week we'll expect things to start moving um yeah i think that's where we are was that a county efl hub gary was that a county efl hub no no it wasn't it was an actual guy pete burns journo i thought he was in that what was that you spin me right round there was that him on that pete burns (laughs) possibly gary Uh, you're asking someone that has got no idea Rob Evans says, why is there a 1992 calendar in your office? There isn't. It's actually a proper cart of the Unstoppable Sex Machine calendar. Uh, and this month, it's 30 years since no, the 1992 Love album was released. Hence, that's why it's that's why it's up. Um, so Ben Ward says, wasn't Danny Butterfield Nick Frost's character in Hot Fuzz? Don't know. Surprised that you've seen that, Ben. It's not a kid's cartoon. Um, Richard Cross says, maybe the assistant is going to be the lad from Gainsborough, Tom Shaw, because Tom's obviously left. Gainsborough now 
it's potential it's a potential shout um i do i do wonder if it might be um might be nice to have somebody with a little more senior experience but i don't know uh clive says he's missing the princess mug there we go little miss princess so there's jake's mug uh richard godson just to address that uh, john marquis gone to charlton there was a story from the 72 but originated from one of those kind of crappy twitter accounts it might be happening it might not but i, I don't think as yet there's been anything confirmed okay look everybody thank you very much for watching along it's not particularly easy at, at, at 10 to 6 i'm now going to go and get some dinner jake's going to go and look after his sheep that's not a euphemism um and uh we, we won't be doing i don't think another podcast so this is your pod i'll try and put it on audio and, and stick it up as a, as a as a special for people who haven't listened to it um but all i think's left to say is up the imps up the imps I, i'm pleased you chimed in there i thought you were going to make me wait <laughs> it's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. you've got your mcnugget share boxes on the go your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.